0: Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you today.
1: Good morning. How are you, Dr. Paul? I'm doing fine. Great, great. Everything going well, <laughs> 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 but trying to improve everything, too. Every day, every day. <clears throat> well, we got a different kind of show today. We're going back to an old favorite. Uh, it is Thanksgiving weekend, uh, and so we, we, we're doing an Ask Ron Paul. We used to do that a lot more often. We haven't in a while, but... I can say, and I'm very happy to say that I, I I put it out as a tweet last night on your Twitter. And uh, the fact of the matter is, we had more questions than ever, so it was a huge response. Difficult to wane this to, to you know put this thing down to just the three questions, which is all our time allows. But there were so many great questions, and we appreciate them. But. Um, why don't we dig right into it? Are you ready? You're in the hot me. Seat. You
0: better be careful because I might turn this around someday and we're going to ask Daniel no. the question. Nobody
1: wants to hear. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We'll do that someday. <laughs> well, let's dig. Let's get into it. You're in the hot seat today and I mm-hmm. get the easy job. Um, but let's put up that first question. How would our history be different if the U.S. never went off the gold standard in 1972? And this is Cirrus asking the question. How would it be different if we never went off of it?
0: You know, it depends on a lot of factors. If you go off, the, uh, if you had stayed on the gold standard, but tried to have an empire and a welfare state, it would just be a mass chaos because all you do is run up the debt. But the process would end more quickly because you just wouldn't be able to monetize the debt rapidly. So uh, I I see the the. gold standard as a restraint on that type of spending but if you don't have that then you get what we have right now you know and that's 1971 and it's caused chaos ever since it's amazing it's lasted uh, this long but if you uh, had stayed on uh it wouldn't it wouldn't be the answer because the gold standard is part of a philosophy and that is the p- p- philosophy of liberty and uh as a matter of fact uh, uh, the staying on the standard implies that it is a gold standard it is government run, and that's uh, that's not exactly what we have to have. What we want is uh, getting rid of a system which is the Federal Reserve monetizing debt and giving it its official thing and making sure that they have a monopoly control. So uh, if if you uh, do something else and still have monopoly control, you're still going to have these problems. But if if we had had and continued uh, even in a better fashion than we did even at in the early years they, there was always some type of abuse but certainly up until 1971 there was a uh, a connection between <clears throat> between the dollar and, and gold which was restrained and uh un- unfortunately uh if you had that if you uh, D- didn't didn't have that uh, you have more wars and what has happened you know <laughs> since 1971 the wars continue and continue so g- gold is positive part of a major philosophy uh, of free markets but you can't have gold, Correcting all the mistakes of the free mar- of a regulated market. So if you have this and you let the politicians and the special interests run up these debts for welfare at home and welfare around uh, around the world and uh, and war going on, uh, it, it would be, it would be chaotic. Maybe one advantage would be that it would collapse a little sooner. But there's always uh, always the uh, temptation to uh, benefit by by the special interests, and that's the reason they do it. I think they. Uh, Uh, They do it, uh, you know, slowly because uh, they know the system won't work forever, but they know that uh, if they go more slowly, people can accumulate a whole lot of wealth. It reminds me of the statement I've mentioned many times. Uh, Several of the Federal Reserve Board chairmen always would remind me, you know, that uh, when I ask them questions sort of like this, what are you going to do to keep this crashing down and all this and how are you going to control the inflation? They say, well, we don't have to worry too much about that as long as the adaptation is orderly. <laughs> so if you have prices going up at one or two percent, the Fed decided two percent, two percent destruction of our money. That's orderly. We'll keep doing that and see how long we can go and take care of take care of our friends. But. Uh, the thing of it is, the temptation and human nature is such that uh, if you don't have government there to rest, uh, for the purpose of uh, protecting liberty, but rather than to pretend they can manage the economy, the domestic affairs and wars, education, the whole thing, uh, even the gold standard isn't gonna stop them because uh, it, they, uh, that their, their main goal is government intervention and the purpose is to make government bigger. And of course, Anybody who's believed uh, in in uh, in restraining government endorse a gold standard. You know the Byzantine Empire. I always thought was pretty neat. That was the eastern half of the uh, Roman Empire, Mm -hmm. and they had a, a, a Byzant, and it was it was. It was uh, not not run like a, a, a world dictatorship, but it became a world currency all through the Caribbean, Africa, and all. And it lasted a thousand years. Wow. And but what ended it was uh, they started spending money, and, and they extended their powers a little bit too far, and then there was an economic crash, and, uh, a change where the the empire, their empire, the Byzantine Empire, that ended.
1: Well, let's move on to another topic. These are. Uh these are good questions again. This, is, uh, this next one is from Biddy. And Biddy asks, what do you say to those who maintain that mass illegal immigration boosts our economy? I would say it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well... But I have to qualify. The qualification is, is um, what what is immigration? I remember as a libertarian, I was running, and I was probably still sorting out the immigration problem. And I was for immigration, mm-hmm. and I am for immigration. And a lot of people say it now. You know, legal immigration uh, that is good. And it can be mass, and that, that that would that would be okay and probably good good for the economy. But uh, there were a few uh, libertarians that challenged me about this. And I said, Well, I'm, I'm for that uh, and open. I said, But the danger to me would be when does the immigration? Uh, become an invasion and I didn't know exactly what year it was going to occur but it did occur you know it's an invasion now and I see the um, the government under these circumstances should be the protector of property that's one one function the government should be able to do that people just don't steal property when they want it they uh, there has to be a law and order and ownership of property is important and the government shouldn't be doing anything that you or I couldn't do and that is take people's uh, people's property so that uh, if if you uh, argue whether it's good or bad i think it 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 depends when it's when it gets closer and closer to a uh, invasion where where we are i would think that the obligations and the social problems that we have we're way past uh, the uh, the benefits yet i've heard some who are very favorable uh, very much in favor of the current policy arguing the case that we're worrying about the shrinkage of the population, but they don't talk about they don't talk things about like abortion or yeah. something. Like that. So they talk about this and they say we uh, we can we could we can do the the immigration and uh, I, the numbers weren't anything like this. But when my grandparents came over uh, from Germany uh, there were lots you know and they, they came through in an orderly fashion it was much more orderly they had some concerns about diseases and sometimes they had to you know uh, at least a short-term uh, quarantine and they knew what was uh, who was coming in so uh, but but to just say immigration, is uh, good for the economy. That's that reminds me of a saying which is wrong and that is war is good for the economy. So you have temporary benefits. Oh, these people have come in. You know, labor so cheap. Daniel, we don't have to mow our lawn anymore. <laughs> I mean, they they will work for a couple bucks. Yeah, you know, yeah. that sort of thing. That's that, that 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 doesn't work work that way. So uh, but in wartime they say, "Oh, having a war is uh, good for unemployment." Oh, yeah. Everybody's employed or forced to become a slave, go to some country and fight and, 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 and face deadly weapons and yeah. all of this stuff. So it doesn't work. And that's the way I think it is with, with immigration. And I think the founders recognize that they have set up some rules to follow, Uh, but then the welfare system, you know, makes makes it much more harmful. You know, now it used to be that uh, we uh, we, would send some help elsewhere, but in this case, uh, and I believe those statistics when they say mass immigration right now is a drain on wealth because they can get in front of the line yeah and uh they say oh you you're not a very uh compassionate person well maybe maybe being uh interest, interested in sound money and property rights and volunteerism might have a a, a a compassionate element to it far superior to those, these pl- these economic planners that want to deal with it now we have people coming in and uh you, you know if, if they need medical care. Uh, they, and I believe you can find out at times when, you know, the veteran gets bumped around, the poor people get bumped around and, and they say, well, we have to move them uh, to front of the line, but, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a mess. It isn't following, uh, you know, even a volunteer or something, because what they have to do is, you know, I keep thinking it shouldn't be that complicated when a lot of people come in. Uh, in the old days, we always have people crossing property lines. And they used to put up a sign, <laughs> no trespassing, yeah, but there's a there's a lot of trespassing going in, and they're getting money from people, so it is punishing people, and yes, they may come in and they may take a job and uh, they might take a job that uh, lowers the wages for somebody else but no i I just think that uh, you could have a good case for you know generous immigration. I always thought the work program uh was Pretty ideal in the sense that a lot of people would come in. I thought it was a lot better than sending foreign aid to a country. Let let the people come in and work and take the money back with them. How does that hurt Americans? Now that that is that is a problem, but that's not exactly what I think the question meant. The the mass immigration is uh, basically very rarely you know an economic benefit. But I think it challenges freedom and I think it challenges prosperity on the long run.
1: Yeah. Well, before we go to our last question, I do want to say a word about our sponsor, 4Patriots.com, the number 4Patriots.com. If you watch the show, of course, you know we talk about them every day. Uh, They make great survival food. Uh, It's easily storable. They have a one-year guarantee, making sure that you like what you have. It is important to stock up. You know, Dr. Paul, one of the questions that didn't quite make it today, maybe we'll return to it, is someone wrote and said, why can't I find anything made in America anymore? It's all made somewhere else. Well, 4Patriots.com is an American company, a family-owned company. They pack the food right here in the United States. You can find things made in America, and 4Patriots.com is one of those companies. So go to 4Patriots.com, the number 4Patriots.com. Enter Ron into the code and get a 10% discount and free shipping for all orders over $97, 4Patriots.com. And now, Dr. Paul, let's go to the last question. Oh, here's a lighthearted one, right? (laughs) You picked it, not me. (laughs) Uh, This is from Liberty and Justice for All. And they ask, what are your thoughts on the Chicago economic theory? What do they get right and which policies do you disagree with and why? Can Austrian and Chicago libertarians and conservatives work together to accomplish common goals? Or are they too conflicting? Austrian (laughs) school versus Chicago school.
0: Well, I'm I'm surprised somebody would think that I'd be totally confused. A lot of times I am confused. But with with this, the question, could they work together? And I think of all the people I work together with, (laughs) I would say a good person at the Austrian school, yes. And at Chicago school, we should work together. The big issue has been the gold standard and monetary policy. Uh, The... uh, the the uh, Keynesian type economists actually praised uh, pra- praised uh, the, you know uh, uh, Milton Friedman uh, and apologized to him uh, because he uh, uh, he. He was, uh, he was arguing the case of the problem in the Depression was monetary, and he, he was on the side of print, 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 you know, and dig it up. So he was an interventionist, came there. So, and I think why some libertarians can't stand him is he uh, he qualifies as libertarian. He wants to be called a libertarian. and uh, But then when he comes up with a very important issue like like a monetary position, so that, w- once again, uh, he, he, he sort of... He sort of mocked it, even though on several occasions I sort of had like a pseudo debate. We had a conversation on TV and all, and he was always uh, he was always uh, very much of a gentleman, and he would concede points. He was he was like a professor and all, but uh, but no, they the the, some of the libertarians really don't want to deal with him at all. But uh, you know if. I, I always thought there's an opening. Anytime there's an opening, but that's. But sometimes, if there's an opening, say with a progressive Democrat, you almost might get further along than that than if you're a diehard, uh, you know, uh, Chicagoing because mm-hmm. they're they're, they're going to be sticking to it. But <clears throat> but I think the uh, the fact that the market, uh, I think Milton Friedman, I liked his uh, uh, the free to choose stuff. His free filming. to choose, yeah. <clears throat> and uh that that was good and if if he could promote uh, the benefits of free free enterprise and free markets uh so I, I think that would be very beneficial no i'm all for working with people and uh it, and i found that uh, working with young people sometimes is a little bit easier <laughs> than a professor who's been around teaching Keynesianism for 30 years. You know, I sort of am reluctant, but I'll be polite and <laughs> <laughs> I hope they forget about it. <laughs> All
1: so. right. Well, Dr. Paul, thanks for answering the questions and back over to you. <laughs> well, to very good. Out. And thank
0: you. It's a lot of fun. I wish we could do more of this, and we're going to try to do more of it. So uh, thank you for tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.